Jackie, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and <gasps> feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised. bitches welcome to the wildish frontier if you're new here i am kelly mclean astrologer feminist bitch whisperer and some other stuff these days i am a bitch historian researching badass women that history may have overlooked um as usual um well i will say i will be joined by our usual companions marty pants lisa but she is stuck in uh, traffic at the moment, so she's scurrying home to <laughs> join us. So I'm just going to do a little, a little, a little light tap dancing, a little soft shoe, a little singing. No, um, but we'll just get started, and then she'll join us shortly thereafter. So um, since I have a little extra time, I will see what's happening on Facebook, which I have been mostly ignoring lately. Not that I don't love you guys who are there, just. Um, sort of backing away slowly from the whole Facebook thing because it's so annoying. So let me see if I can get it to cooperate. Today, if you are listening live, is uh, January 13th. And since she's not here, I can say this right now. Today is Lisa's birthday. Yay. So um, be sure to wish her a happy birthday. Uh, Once again, I will not be singing because it doesn't make anybody happy when I sing. But uh, we can energetically sing for her or something. Um, so her birthday is today. My birthday is next Thursday. And then Betty White's birthday is Monday the 17th. And if you didn't see my um, promo for tonight's show, um, we are covering Betty White. It is a bitch tree lesson. It is bitch tree lesson 14. If you're following along with your bitch tree textbook, which isn't a thing, but should be. Huh, that's a thought. I should do that. Um, <laughs> so we're going to just sort of be paying a little bit of a tribute to Betty White because she was awesome. Um, but before we do that, let me just see what's going on. We have cats driving, Betty White drinking. Hey, Cindy. How are you, lady? I haven't seen you in a while. Um, yeah, we all love Betty. Morgina, Hello. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. All right. Um, all right. Let me see. I have to keep one eye on my messages so Lisa can tell me when she's here, but I'm just going to go ahead and sort of get this ball rolling first. Um, you know, I do news sometimes at the beginning of the show. Um, I don't really feel like actually covering any real news. Sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't, I'm a Gemini rising. So you know, I'm a little fickle. Oh, Lisa's alive. <laughs> um, so I don't really feel like covering any real news, but I thought that um, I would give an update to a show that we did a few weeks ago. Hang on, let me talk to my co-host here. Um, and that little bullet point is in reference to the shows that we did before Christmas about all the Marys in the Bible, the shows that we called, there's something about the Marys because we're so witty. Okay. So the cats everywhere. I'm trying to (laughs) do too many things. This is not good. Not good. Hang on. All right. So anyway, bullet point updating the something about the Marys shows, which we just love the name of anyway. 
And I had talked about in that show and I've talked about in the past, like when my kids were little and I was telling the Christmas story about Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem, blah, blah, blah. And how, what major emphasis I put on the fact that Mary was riding this donkey um, and she was heavily pregnant and just all the chatter around that. And I have found out from more accurate historians that there are no donkeys Oh, you're just in time for this. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Sorry I'm late. It's okay. Thanks for coming. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Poor Lise. On her birthday, even. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, you're just in time for the bullet point that's ruining our lives, which is <laughs> there were no fucking donkeys in the Christmas story. It was my my favorite thing to fixate on in that portion of the story and as it turns out historically there were no donkeys i know that lisa and i were both really upset by this um information coming to light so we just thought that we would ruin your guys's day too (laughs) (laughs) we don't want to suffer in loan what a so i i know i guess i didn't understand either like they're like well it doesn't say in the gospel but it's like did it it didn't say she walked (laughs) like you know what i mean i i don't know i Maybe she didn't catch the, you know, 9.30 train, so... Right. I, honestly, I didn't, like, do any digging. I just um, kind of took it at face value because it was historically intelligent people who do that for a living. <laughs> but uh, I probably will dig into it and see. But, yeah, apparently, no donkeys. So I don't know. But it, it put a cramp in my Christmas story buzz. Well, they said, like, in that article, too, it said that there weren't any animals at all. I'm like, what? Well, that's <laughs> like just... Every manger scene ever was everything. Was yeah. Because that's, like, <laughs> man, that's just... That's wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> Stupid facts. Fucking with our our feelings. <laughs> when that happens. Anyway, how was your birthday? It was good. I, I, we unfortunately have a, fortunately or unfortunately, we have a tap at work. So they're like, stay and have a drink. It's your birthday. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you have a tap at work. That's good. Awesome. I was like, as long as I leave by seven, I'll be there in plenty of time. Nope. The highway <laughs> was a parking lot. I'm like, aren't you kidding me? It's like, what is happening right now? Well, Mercury goes retrograde tomorrow. So, ta-da. <laughs> I don't, Yeah. I never came across an accident, so I don't know why I-25 is a parking lot this evening, but it just is. Okay. <laughs> well, glad you made it. Um, Me too. This is an awesome show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So um, we'll just kind of take turns going over the, did you get the little color code note? I did. I'm purple. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yes. I tried to be um, thoughtful about the color choices because it's your birthday. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just get started talking about Betty White. Um, Betty Marion White was born on January 17th, 1922. Dude, <laughs> that's crazy. She died, as we know, December 31st, 2021, because she just wasn't ready for another year of this pandemic bullshit. She's like, I tap out. I just think the timing is perfectly comedic. She missed her 100th birthday by, you know, 18 days. Um, so she was 99 and... I think that's also comedically perfect. Um, Astrologically, she was a Capricorn sun with her sun placed in the sixth house, which gives her a lot of Virgo energy. It's unusual for um, a chart from around this time period to have a time, but apparently it was documented. So um, we know you know, her rising and her houses and all that. So that's kind of cool. So her Capricorn sun has a lot of Virgo energy. Virgo is all about being in service to others, um, sometimes sacrificial. They can be um, a little critical, but they their criticism goes to improving things. That's just Virgos. Um, and when we think about Betty and her career, like she, she definitely saw the flaws in certain systems um, and was quick to point them out and fuck them up. <laughs> so we love her for that. And uh, she also had a Virgo moon. She was a Leo rising, a Taurus midheaven, and her North node was in Libra. So yay, Capricorns. I love that she's right between our birthdays. It's great. I called it a, a what did I call it on my video earlier today? A, 
a Betty Love sandwich or something. <laughs> anyway. She, well, I and the Capricorn Virgo, I guess that sort of explains to you why she must. I mean, she was good in business, obviously. I mean, yeah. her net worth was anything to sneeze at. And she had a lot of power for a woman, especially of her in her time. Well, and the other thing is um, Capricorns are very often the first to do things. It's a cardinal sign and they love to be the first um, in anything. Um, And Virgo also rules pets and small animals. So could not be more, she could not be more of a poster child for that than she was. So um, you want to talk about her marital history? She had 30 husbands. The two husbands, I kind of, I mean, in my mind, chalk up to sort of youthful. So brief. Whatever. (laughs) She was married to Dick Barker, and they got married and divorced in the same year, 1945. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. He must have been Um, not her cup of tea. (laughs) But then I've heard her second husband, that she really did love him. His name was Lane Allen. They got married in 1947. And divorced in 1949. But I have read articles that he just really wasn't into her having a career. Like, he was a career guy. So he wanted to, like, let's focus our family on my career and whatever. So she kicked him to the curb. And she was single for a long while. She kicked him to the curb in 1949. And then on, um, she was famous for being on game shows, a lot of game shows. Uh So she was on, what was it, Password, right? I think so. That Alan Ludden was the guest, the host for, and they met and fell in love, and they got married in 1963, and stayed married until 1981 when he died of stomach cancer. He pursued uh, her pretty um, persistently for a while. Did you read this part? Yeah, well, and I think she was like, she said that she was a little bit shy of marriage because that second husband, yeah. she was yeah. just like, you know, my my career is really starting to go well now. Like she, yeah. by that time, she had already had her own show, which was like well, Life with Elizabeth and all that. And yeah, she, like you said, there was a long pause. She divorced yeah. Lane Allen in 49 and she married Alan Ludden in 63, even though I believe they met much earlier than that. I believe they met in the 50s. Um, yeah. She was, and she, well, she, and she, I think she was a little bit gun shy because she's just like, I'm finally starting to like, you know, gain some momentum right. here and I'm not trying to give this up right now. So, right. um, he, but I guess he carried his, he had bought her a wedding ring and she said no a few times. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he just carried the wedding ring around. Cause he's like, I know at some point she's going to be ready. <laughs> I'll just yeah. carry around this ring until. Sweet. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that her second husband, Lane Allen, his initials are L.A., and then her, the love of her life, Alan Ludden, was A.L. And I don't know about you guys, but in my own life, there has been themes with, like, a name that repeats a few times in terms of relationships or the first letter of a name. Like, in high school and college, I collected people that started with R. Um, for a period of time, all of my best friends started with A. <laughs> and so... <laughs> There is something to that. I don't know exactly what it is, but it must be some sort of like karmic pull. So it's almost like with Lane Allen, she got close, but not quite. And then with Alan Ludden, she was like, ding, ding, ding. So, yeah. <laughs> they. Um, I actually had a lot of friends that were Lisa. That's They were also named Lisa. I had a and few. People, thought it was, uh, people always thought it was way funnier than we did. <laughs> they'd be like hi lisa hi lisa <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah like, there was a lot of kelly's hi. but kelly was such a popular common name in the 70s that there were so many Same. kelly's we all spelled our names differently but lots of us yeah anyway. well elvis had a daughter named lisa and then pretty much everybody in the 70s had a daughter named lisa uh, uh, i think true. i was born the year after her i think she was born in 69 i was born in 70 so yeah yeah that's true <laughs> Um, Betty White had one of the longest careers in television history, breaking barriers as one of the first women to navigate all of that. She brought iconic characters to life on the small screen. Her roles were marked by her bright, perky demeanor. Her, her, she had the most amazing smile, which, did I post that in the chat room or did I just think I did? I posted on my page. <laughs> I'm having a day. And um, of course, her her sense of humor and her wit, which was just a little on the, the body side sometimes, a little irreverent. I love that about her. Um, she had a, a, a career that spanned over seven decades in that industry, which is phenomenal. Um, 
and so she was almost always, you know, steadily working, but she experienced like a resurgence in 2010 when I don't remember what this was, but a viral Facebook campaign inspired by a Super Bowl commercial landed her a spot as host of Saturday Night Live. I don't remember what the Facebook thing was, but the Saturday Night Live episode is hilarious. Um, she was the show's oldest ever host. She was 88 when she did that show. And um, then she earned an Emmy for that performance, one of five primetime Emmys and 16 nominations that she got throughout her career. And that would be the sound Ooh. of my cat knocking something over. So sorry. <laughs> It's that kind of day. Yes. She, well, the Facebook thing, so that, that the, it was a Snickers commercial. Oh, I don't remember. That this. put her like sort of back in the limelight. It was like, it was kind of one of those things like you're not yourself if you don't eat the Snickers. So she's playing, oh. you know, football with a group of, a group of like 20 year old guys or whatever. And she gets tackled and they call her by some like guy's name or whatever. And they're like, you know, you're not, you know, they, they say something like, you know, you're not moving, you're not, you know, moving very strong. And she says, that's not what your girlfriend said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's just, you know, and that's, then she eats the Snickers oh and then she turns gosh. into this big, you know, football dude or whatever. Uh-huh. But just like her timing was impeccable, like you said. And um, yes. So then after that commercial came, the, the Super Bowl commercial, then a lot of people were just like, she should be on Saturday Night Live. And they started this whole Facebook thing. And Oh, okay. Huh. basically lobbied SNL to invite her and they finally invited her and, you know. Oh, she killed it. Um, I watched it, I don't know, a couple of days after she died because um, it's still available on like Hulu if you have Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to find. It was, she was always hysterical. She was just the best. Can you imagine at 88 learning all, like an hour's worth of live television? No. And, and being on oh the entire God. time? No. And oh also, God. you know, my dad died when he was 80. And, you know, he was starting to show his age a little, like the hearing was a big obstacle for him. Um, he was sharp still, but he was, you know, forgetful. There was, um, there's blooper reels from her show. Um, what was it? Hot in. Hot in Cleveland. Cleveland. I couldn't think of the city. Um, <laughs> the blooper reel from that show is so funny because she messes up a lot. Sometimes she messes up on purpose just to throw everybody off. And sometimes she just cannot remember her lines. And it's clearly like a, you know, an age thing, but she's just unfazed by it. <laughs> she was so great. So she I cannot, so <laughs> I cannot imagine at 88. So being able to do that, because as we know, I can barely remember what day it is now and I'm 49 next week. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to be like, okay. but, uh, Capricorns seem to live a long time, so you and I should live to be pretty old and obnoxious, which is great. Oh, I'm more planning on it for sure. Yeah, no, I'm practicing now. I'm, I'm getting pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on getting more and more obstinate as I go along. Yes, yes. Brace yourselves. The fucks just fall <laughs> off. The older you get, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> as a Capricorn, she set a lot of. Um, she she made a lot of firsts in her career and for other women in Hollywood. And so here's kind of a rundown of some of her firsts. Okay, let's see. White was one of the one of the women nominated in the first Emmy category for female performers in 1950. That was Life of Elizabeth, I guess, what she was nominated mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1950, women could not yet, I don't think, could not open a credit card in their own name, couldn't own things. Couldn't um, own property could not be on birth control without their husband's permission. So 1950 wasn't that long ago. (laughs) It's just weird. Like my mom was born in 48. It's crazy. So yeah. Yeah. My dad was born in 19. My mom was born. My mom and dad both born in 47. Yeah. Um, My dad was born in 37. So when I saw Betty's birthday, I was like, man, that is just impressive as hell. Um, (laughs) She was one of the first women to have full creative control of her own TV show, both in front of and behind the camera, co-creating, co-producing, and starring in Life with Elizabeth when she was still living at home with her parents. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Uh, being the first woman to produce a sitcom led to her becoming the honorary mayor of Hollywood in 1955. Honorary mayor still can't have birth control without her husband. <laughs> didn't even have a husband during that year. So. That's where the honorary comes from, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she was the first woman to host her own talk show. Um, two male co-hosts exited. I don't know what that story is. The backstory is there. And then she hosted a five-hour talk show by herself. Five hours. 
I don't know anything about this talk show, but I've read a lot about it now. I know. Yeah, five hours. I was like, holy mackerel. Right? That's a lot. Yeah. I I mean, even an hour-long talk show is hard. But I do an hour every week, and sometimes it's like, ugh. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, she was also the first woman to earn to win an Emmy for game show hosting, which is very cool. Um, she started her own production company in TV's early years in the early 1950s. By the 1960s, she had sprouted sitcom extra skills and the knack for unscripted genius that made her a fixture on game shows and talk shows for years to follow. Yep. Yep. Um, you know who she reminds me a lot of, or I should say this the other way around. My mom reminds me so much of Betty White and her humor. Um, in the early days of my radio show, my mom would pop into the chat room and, you know, write funny, snarky things. And everybody was like, yeah, Joanne, Kelly's mom. She is so funny. Her wit is so similar to how Betty White's was. Very cool. She, yeah, her timing was good. She, like you said, she was like a little bit naughty. Like, and I think that's a Capricorn thing too, is like, oh yeah. We come across very pent up in the beginning. <laughs> then once you get to know us, it's like, oh, you never know what's going to come out of our mouth. Well, the Capricorn thing is, you know, all business in the streets and watch your <laughs> shit in the sheets. Like, <laughs> little little freaky Capricorns. That's just like a rumor like we like to spread. Not but that, anyway, yeah, not that we would know. <laughs> um, uh, the last bullet point's a repeat of something we already said. So she was the oldest host of Saturday Night Live at age 88, winning a seventh Emmy in the process. Yeah. Um, was that the oldest Emmy? I kind of looked it up too, and I didn't find anything. I didn't know if you did. Was like eighty-eight? That seems old to win an Emmy too. Probably. Is that I don't know. Oldest? I didn't see anything about that. Although, okay, hmm. no, I didn't look that up. Yeah, I, I tried to look it up, and I didn't see anything one way or another. But I was like, yeah, eighty-eights. That's getting up there to win an Emmy. Yeah, really. I'm um, I'm thinking in recent years maybe that has been beaten, but I don't know. Now I'll have to look. Um. Betty liked to stir it up a little bit. She, <laughs> that Capricorn in the sixth house is such a, a humanitarian placement. I mean, Aquarius gets a lot of the, the lingo around humanitarianism, which hold on, I'm probably not the only person to ever like point this out, but the word humanitarian is, is weird to me <laughs> because like, if you're, if you only eat vegetables, you're a vegetarian do you only eat humans if you're a humanitarian? <laughs> it's just weird for me. I should say philanthropist, but um, that placement in the sixth house is really known for being in service to society. And in her case, she was, I mean, an icon for a number of different groups. And of course, one of them being animals, but um, she, she started up a little, in in the te television industry and she um broke some really big barriers um so we only have three of them listed here but they're pretty significant there are a lot yeah she well and i think capricorn also you're not really like afraid to speak up like for, when yeah. something's happening to you like you don't like sometimes you just let it roll off because you're like i don't have i don't i'm not going to dignify that with a response or whatever mm -hmm. but when they see like in injustice done to somebody else, they're more likely to like, you know, well, Capricorns definitely don't like being told no. Um, so to, you know, have certain limits placed on who you can have on your show and whatnot, I would think that she was just like, no. <laughs> so, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, so she was a very big ally and spoke out a lot for, um, LGBT community. Um, and, in the early days when nobody wanted to be associated with AIDS, like when they were still trying to ignore it and trying to say it was, you know, gay person's disease or whatever, or lifestyle related or whatever. Yeah. She definitely was one to say like, you know, we need to figure this out. We need to, you know, education, funding, you know, all that stuff. Um, but in the goal, I'm a huge golden girls fan. I have to admit <laughs> if I've had a hard day. There will definitely be some Golden Girls on the TV on Hulu. Uh -huh. um, but in 1990, an episode titled 72 Hours, the show became one of the first sitcoms to ever mention AIDS or in the AIDS crisis. Um, so her character on the Golden Girls was Rose, like a little bit dingy Rose. 
Um, she was going in to have gallbladder surgery. And um, when she had her surgery, they thought that she might have been exposed to HIV um, via a blood transfusion. Um, she's tested for HIV and she has to wait an agonizing 72 hours for the test results. In those days, you know, it was sometimes up to a week you had to wait for test results. So she had to wait for 72 hours. An episode aired during a time when AIDS, the AIDS stigma was and misinformation was rife. In the same year, a study of U.S. doctors found that less than a quarter believe that they should be legally required oh to treat God. patients with HIV. Holy what? Yeah. Uh, I, I have, so I have a friend whose grandma had HIV from a blood transfusion uh-huh. and when her grandma was in the hospital, when she, she had flow, full blown AIDS after a time, cause they didn't really have any antivirals, right. the medications no. they have now, like they would, they would like literally like open the door and like shove her food across the floor to her. So like they wouldn't even come in the gross. room and like bring her a tray or whatever yeah um they like she often like her mom would often have to like bring sheets and pillows because they wouldn't change out sheets and pillows and yeah. whatever. um but you know so it was really even though like maybe now it doesn't seem like a big deal like back then no, it was, it was a big deal for some all that stuff me. was the reason that when i graduated from college in 95 the first thing i did was go volunteer for an aids um charity here in town and um you know, we were hands on. I, the idea of people having to die alone because people were afraid of them was just horrifying to me. And, um, you know, we went in and cleaned their homes for them because they couldn't, they were too sick. So like we were right there on the front lines with them. And, um, it was the most amazing volunteer work I've ever done, but, um, thanks for being an ally for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, that's, so many people were scared. There's a lot of mis- misinformation out there. Can you get it from hugging somebody, touching somebody? It was, there was so much fear. Mosquitoes, you know, like if you yeah. get by, bit by a mosquito and somebody else gets bit by a mosquito, can you transmit the virus? Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on back there. There was so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I volunteered for hospice years later, um, after I went through the extensive training, she said, okay, now tell me, you know, what kind of patients you're comfortable with? What aren't you? And so we went over all that. And I said, honestly, you know, give me your, your, you know, people that have dementia and that like, just swear a blue streak. Like I'm good with, that. <laughs> you know, the, the ornery ones. <laughs> right kind of that. Yeah. Um, I said, um, you know, if you have any AIDS patients on hospice, I'm there. And they didn't have any, this was in, um, this would have been like in the early 2000s. So they had come so far in the treatment that, you know, people just weren't dying of AIDS, which was great. So um, we've made so much progress since the days that I volunteered. But at the time, all of those stories and all of that fear and all of that misinformation, huh, that sounds really familiar, um, right, is what was in my face when I was in high school and just sort of, you know, starting to come into my own sexuality and then go to college. And I was like terrified, like it was just so in my face. Um so, yeah, I've, anyway. I've read some articles too that the new the new technology that they've used the mRNA um, vaccines that they've used for COVID could make you know inroads into actually having an AIDS vaccine, which mm-hmm. would be awesome. They have so many. Um, I see the commercials all the time for the different medications to yeah. help with high risk and people who have it. Anyway, that was a very groundbreaking episode, <laughs> um, and she was. Um, an ally in more ways than that. She just, this is so monumental for someone of her generation. She -hmm. was an early supporter of same-sex marriage. She told Parade Magazine in 2010, I don't care who anybody sleeps with. If a couple has been together all that time and there are gay relationships that are more solid than some heterosexual ones, I think it's fine if they want to get married. I don't know how people can get so anti-something. Mind your own business, take care of your affairs, and don't worry about other people so much. That was Betty White's quote. So, <laughs> Agree. I, yeah, oh, I, don't, I still don't understand why gay marriage is Wait, so... I don't either. Because it's like, if you're not the one getting married, A, how does this you affect your well, marriage? why do you care to begin with? I won't, right, you know. I know. This is <laughs> Um, this is one of my favorite ones too. Yes. So she, when she, I guess this is on her variety show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her uh, yeah. 
She white made history by making tap dancer Arthur Duncan, Duncan the first black series regular on a talk show. Uh, but when the show's reach was extended beyond L.A., Duncan's inclusion as part of the cast made waves across the Jim Crow South. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, I was on the show and they had some let. This is a quote from him. I was on some show and they had on the show and they had some letters out of Mississippi and elsewhere that some of the stations would not carry the show if I was permitted to stay on there. Duncan told Steve Harvey in a 2018 ahead of a surprise TV reunion with White. Well, Betty wrote back and said, needless to say, we used Arthur Duncan every opportunity that we could. Hmm. So she's like, Mississippi doesn't want to show the show. That's okay. Yeah, I I love that so much. It's kind of funny that like she's like so mild and so sweet. Right. And also Mr. Rogers is so mild and so sweet. And those were the two that were just basically to like, I'm not bending to that. I if love the Mr. Sister, Rogers story I don't too. Care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I know it's, I don't know. Um, sometimes pioneers come in unexpected packages, you know? Well, and it's just, it just shows you like to be a badass, you don't have to necessarily be combatant either. Or you don't have to be out there on the picket line or in the riot or in the, right. the march. You don't, all you have to do is just give a shit and stand up for other humans. <laughs> Right. So and just, yeah, treat, treat people nicely with respect and dignity, like whatever, you know, yeah. you want to be treated with and, you know, right. you're a badass for sure. Yeah. And then of course, one of the things Betty is most famous for was her um, legendary love of animals. And when I was doing this research, I, ha- I mean, I knew that she did this, that, and the other, but I mean, I was kind of astounded at her accomplishments and her role in animal welfare. So as a child, she helped care for her for pets that her parents took in when their former owners could no longer care for them, which is an interesting backstory in and of itself that I don't have more information on, um, particularly with the hardships of the Great Depression. Naturally curious, she also loved learning about animals from around the world on visits to zoos. Um, that love seemed to have deepened over the years. In the 70s, she created a series called The Pet Set, which was re-released in 2021, I don't, I never saw that, Betty White's pet set, and began each episode by introducing a pet and then their celebrity owner. She also, on, pers- huh? sorry, they're on YouTube if you want to see them. Go ahead. Oh, okay. She also personally supported numerous animal-related nonprofits throughout her prolific career, from donations and volunteering to fundraising and recording public service announcements. Sweet, yeah. She, I've heard her, I heard her one time say that like her mom was a role you know animal lover too but mm-hmm. like her choice of job like when she was growing up she wanted to be a forest ranger <laughs> wow um but she had an ongoing interest in wildlife conservation education like i've seen a lot of her videos at zoos and whatever she served on the board of trustees at the nonprofit greater los angeles zoo association or glaza since 1974 <laughs> But she was involved as a volunteer since the Los Angeles Zoo and Botanical Gardens opened in 1966. Uh, She was also the 2009 recipient of the Jane Goodall Institute Global Leadership Award for Lifetime Achievement. Uh, She was gracious to fans when she visited the L.A. Zoo and conscientious about making sure that her presence didn't stress the animals or inconvenience the keepers. She once arrived with the trunk of her car filled with empty, empty toilet paper tubes that she's been saving since she knew the zoo needed them to stuff with food for enrichment games for the animals. I love that. Can you just see her pop in her trunk? <laughs> I've been like, saving oh, these. We need to get a bag. Tubes. Hold on, Betty. And I guess she she went to the zoo regularly, like before it opened, and she would, you know, visit with some of her favorite animals. Um, when she came to the zoo... Uh, to tour with a docent, she requested two special stops to see Elka, an orangutan who was named after her character on Hot in Cleveland, um, <laughs> thanks to a gift in her honor by TV Land. And in the Australia section, there was a plaque dedicated to her late husband, Alan Ludden. And she always was very careful to um, brush it off and tidy it up and make sure that it was clean. And they were always very touched by how she cared for his plaque, which was cool. Aww. She well, and this like when she was saying like the stuff that she did for the zoos, like she was not just like went to see the animals. She was like really concerned about them and their yes. their safety and whatever. Right. And um, you know, she just she's a sweet lady. And this is so this next thing is like she was extremely active with 
uh, the Morris Animal Foundation. So a fun fact is I used to work at the print shop where we used to do Morris Animal Foundation's work. Yeah, cool. And the, every time there was an event, like I, I, she'd come to Colorado, like, and do the event. Yeah. Like every single gala they had, every single event, like she would show up. It wasn't like she just wrote a check. She yeah. actually showed up for them. That's amazing. Um, Morris Animal Foundation is a nonprofit that invests in science to advance animal health. She served for 50 years as a trustee, trustee emeritus, and president emeritus, and personally sponsored more than 30 health studies that improved health for dogs, cats, horse, and wildlife. Uh, according to uh, Tiffany Grunert, president and CEO of Morris Animal Foundation. That's amazing. I had never heard of that foundation before, but... Um... Yeah, they do. They do a lot of they're they're here in Colorado and they, you know, they do a lot of work for, you know, heartworm and, you know, things uh, like that. Just trying to figure out. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the stuff that we take for granted that somebody has to fund that research. Mm -hmm. Huh. In 2010, she just she always just showed up like she wasn't just like flapping her gums and doing a cute little SPCA commercial like she really did show up and not just put her money where her mouth was, but like showed up to shit in 2010. Um, the, that same organization, I'm trying to, I cut something off. I think it was still Morris animal foundation Okay. created the Betty white wildlife rapid response fund with a gift from Betty following the Deepwater horizon oil spill, an ecological disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. The fund supported studies on the spills impact on bottlenose dolphins. Betty was a pioneer in recognizing the need for this type of emergency funding for animal health. She isn't, I don't know. Do we put, I don't remember if we put this later or not. Like I tried to scan through here. So if I'm repeating something, I'm sorry, but mm. um, whenever there was an environmental disaster, mm -hmm. she often stepped in to help the animals. Like yep. during Katrina, she paid to have some of those animals. I meant to put that in here. Yeah. Yeah, I told her. I, so she paid to have some of the, like, the, I think it was the otters and the penguins airlifted to another facility because they're, a lot of the fish died at the aquarium because they um, lost power. Yeah. So a lot of the fish died. And so the otters and the penguins that were there were in danger. So she chartered a plane. Paid for it plane, herself. And, and yeah. they, didn't, she, they didn't even know. Like, the people at the zoo didn't even know, like, where this plane comes no, from. That's, they didn't even know. That's the cool thing is that she wasn't, like, on social media or on the news or on the Today Show going, look at what I've done. I've paid for these penguins. Like she just right. did it. She, yeah. yeah. She just stepped in and wanted to help and, you know, wrote a check when it was called for and showed up when it was called for, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, okay. The fund now called the Betty White wildlife fund continues to fund research and address wildlife disasters. For instance, in 2020, the fund provided $1 million to support the rescue rehabilitation and release of animals after the devastating wildfires in Australia. Wow. Um, she helped make the world a better place for people as well. Um, people assisted by animals was a, one of her sweet spots. She was a strong supporter of guide dogs. She co-authored two books about guide dogs with her friend Tom Sullivan, who lost his sight as an infant. When Sullivan's retired guide dog, Dinah, felt depressed by the arrival of his new dog, White adopted Dinah, and they shared over five glorious years together. Sullivan wrote in the author's note to Together. Uh, in 2005, the Golden Girls also adopted a career change dog from the Guide Dogs for, for the Blind, an international guide dog school with campuses in California and Oregon. Pontiac, a golden retriever, didn't quite have the focus to be a guide dog. <laughs> My dogs are ADD as well, Pontiac. Right, I know. Uh, because he wanted to greet every person he saw on the street. Hello! <laughs> yeah. But that friendliness was a perfect match as a pet for Betty White. That's cool. A lot of people don't know, too, like, when dogs are selected for various service programs, um, they go through the training and then they have to test. And sometimes they don't pass the test. Sometimes they're not suited to be this kind of a, an assistant, but they're well suited to be that other kind of assistant. So sometimes when they kind of flunk out of one school, they, they kind of repurpose them in another capacity based on their, the, the dog's natural, you know, skill set and their natural affinities, which I think is really lovely. Um, so not all like, Oh, sorry. Here in Colorado, we also had, we had a police dog yeah that he flunked out because he was uh -huh. too nice uh -huh. <laughs> so now so now he's a greeter at the capitol that's cool <laughs> he had a career change as well <laughs> well that's what i was going to say a lot of um canine and military dogs when they it's not like they're forced into that uh, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of opinions on social media about 
um, canines and military dogs because, you know, um, but it's not like they're not forced. Like, first of all, these dogs are bred to work. And if you've ever owned a working dog, if they are not doing something, they are driving you insane. So they are so driven to just go and do something. So if they're trained to sniff for cocaine, then they are so happy when they're doing that. If they're trained to sniff for landmines, they're super into it. It's, I mean, anybody who's owned a dog, like it's hard to make a dog do something that they don't want to do. Obviously, right. you know, um, well-trained dogs are generally very well treated. So dogs aren't forced into jobs that they don't want. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, Betty White served in various capacities, such as volunteer, donor, and member of the board of directors. She twice chaired the nonprofits Be Kind to Animals Week, which teaches children around the country how to have compassion and live a life of empathy for all living creatures. She was on lots of boards and she's on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and in 2012, the American Humane Society, I guess, society yeah. honored Betty yeah. White with the National Humanitarian Medal and the Legacy Award. As she well earned. Um, so the last portion of tonight's show, I just picked some of my favorite Betty White quotes, and we're just going to go back and forth and read them. <laughs> Get the best <laughs> one at the very end. Um, so we're just going to read through those, um, and that's pretty much it. So, I mean, there's a lot of really great Betty White quotes. I know that some of you are familiar with a couple of them. Uh, the first one is, if no, if one has no sense of humor, one is in trouble. Especially those last two years, we learned that. More oh, than shit. <laughs> yeah. And this one, we said, she said, you know, uh, in support of uh, gay marriage or marriage equality, mind your own business, take care of your affairs, and don't worry about other people so much. If a guy's that cute, you got to tap that booty. <laughs> the next one is one of her most famous ones. And I was like, did she really say that? She really said it. She did. Uh, why do people say gross and balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things take a pounding. <laughs> <laughs> the best. <laughs> it's just the best. <sighs> I have no regrets at all. None. I consider myself to be the luckiest old broad on two feet. That's a life goal right there. You know, I love that. <laughs> you can always tell somebody by the way they put their hands on an animal. So true. Mm -hmm. I may be a senior, but so what? I'm still hot. <laughs> she still got it for she sure. You. <laughs> I'm a health nut. My favorite food is hot dogs with French fries. <laughs> My exercise, I have a two-story house and a very bad memory. So I'm up and down those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Everybody needs a passion. That's what keeps life interesting. If you live without passion, you can go through life without leaving any footprints. Laughter keeps everyone feeling wonderful. Amen. My mother always used to say, the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. <laughs> oh, butterflies are like women. We may look pretty and delicate, but baby, we can fly through a hurricane. Word. I'm a big cockeyed optimist. I try to accentuate the positive as opposed to the negative. And finally, the best quote. Ever. <laughs> I don't know what the context the one that is. The is most appropriate for this show. It's the best. <laughs> Still here, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I just love her. Uh, so, I mean, it's so sad when somebody so amazing dies, obviously. But she had such a phenomenal life. And as is evident by, you know, like our chat room, our listeners, social media in general, um, she was so beloved everywhere. Anna, you know, she definitely has a beautiful legacy. So she is still here. She will always be here because of the things that she did during her life and the footprints that she left. And it's just amazing. So she, oh, was, yeah, for sure. She's, um, that's quite a bright light that went out and it's okay. too, it is too bad that she, you know, didn't make that, uh, you know, make it to a hundred, but you know, yeah. Um, it's a good go. It's a good one of the, Something sure. I read was like, you know what? Screw it. She made it to a hundred. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, personally, I think just shy of a hundred is just better. Um, I don't know. It's just like a writer's thing. Like it's, it's better comedy. It's better. It has more of an edge, 
but I mean, for all intents and purposes, we'll just grant her a hundred, right? Like it's yeah. just, it's a, a crazy, but, um, one of the things that happened shortly after she died is that social media started blowing up with this idea that on January 17th, um, people make a donation to any sort of animal rescue or charity or organization in her name. And, um, a lot of organizations are seeing a, hu a huge influx of um, those donations already leading up to her birthday. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'm interested to find out on the 18th how much, you know, everybody actually did take in. But um, yeah, the 17th is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So, I mean, I think that he would be okay sharing it with Betty, truly. <laughs> but I don't think <laughs> they, I mean... I don't think they'll make a day for her specifically, but they should. Was that his birthday? What is the 17th related to MLK? Uh, his birthday is the 21st, isn't it? I'm not sure. I think they just celebrate. They, the 17th Monday. is... Um, no. Is that a Monday? It's Monday this year, but not every year. I don't know how they pick that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Martin Luther King's birthday is on the 15th. So I think they just make it Monday. I think, you know, whatever Monday's closest, closest to that. Oh, I guess. You're right. So it wouldn't necessarily be the seven. Well, she could share it with him every few years. I mean, I think they, she was born in Oak Park, Illinois. And I think on oh, they did. the okay. seven, they're making, they're making the 17th yeah. the Betty Day, I think. Yeah, for sure. But I think it should be like everywhere. Um, <laughs> for sure. What was I going to say? Crap. I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Had to do with her she... having a day anyway. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like her legacy was just basically two things, like, love what you do and, like, give back. Uh-huh. And just don't take yourself too seriously. Like, she was always joking about herself, joking about other things, just joking around, laughing, you know. If she screwed well, up, have you ever watched the bloopers on Hot Yes. Tea? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I mentioned that so at the funny. beginning of the show. It's so funny. They're, <laughs> they're just hysterical. Yeah. And, yeah, she loved to poke fun at herself, which is... um one of my spiritual gifts as well that I inherited from my mother. <laughs> the art of self-deprecating humor runs strong in my blood. <laughs> so, so the 17th. Yeah. So yeah, I hope everybody, uh, you know, give what you can that day. And I, I'm anxious to see, like I said, on the 18th. Yeah. Well, I, um, I kind of hate these because I don't know. They feel just weird, but like the Facebook fundraisers that you could do for your birthday. Right. I'm, I'm torn about it, but I think that I might do one this year for my birthday, but I'm going to let it run through my dad's birthday. Um, okay. I think that I might do one in honor of Betty and my dad. Um, my dad's birthday was on Valentine's day and my dad loved animals I j he just loved animals. They would flock to him. I called him the Saint Francis, Saint Francis of Assisi of Bakersfield. <laughs> he just he was always my friends remember him in various different ways, like feeding the birds. He fed the freaking doves and the pigeons. Like they need help. He was feeding the birds. He was always finding some animal for my mom to nurse back to health. <laughs> so um, my dad loved animals, and so when my dad died, um, one of the things that I said was, you know, in honor of my dad on his birthday this year, blah, 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 make a donation in his name. And so I was kind of cool. So I think I might do it this year um, for Betty and my dad and um, see what happens, even though I don't know, I feel weird about it. So like listeners on Facebook, if you see that, do not feel obligated in any way, you know, do whatever feels right to you, but it's, I'm not doing it to pander be gross um i just think it's a really it's a really cool legacy that she's left so absolutely and the quote about balls versus vaginas is just <laughs> just the most amazing quote ever coming out of the most surprising of sources you know betty yeah i feel like betty is like one of those people like you'd want to have as a friend like She'd totally give you a hug if you needed one, but she'd also like fix you a vodka. Oh, totally. Or go, okay, that's enough crying now. <laughs> yeah. Put your big girl panties on and yeah. you know, boot up and let's go. Yeah. That's kind of how my mom is too. <laughs> yep. Really cool. Well, 
um, happy birthday to you again, lady. Thank you. Uh, and thank you to all the, thanks for all the birthday wishes here in the comments. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. And um, yeah, this was a really fun show. I don't know. Let's see. So our next bitch story lesson will be on the 27th. Um, and I don't know who we're doing yet. I'm sure we've talked about it and I've slept since then. And Lisa will go, yeah, I remember I messaged you and you were like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dummy. And anyway, um, we'll have another bitch. But next week on the 20th, my birthday, I don't really know what I'm doing yet. I might do an Instagram live again. That was fun. Um, I have quite a few pieces of bitch merch that I could give away. I just haven't figured out like how. So if you guys have any ideas about my birthday show, holler, um, because for some reason I'm just like, Duh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> holla. So I haven't had my, my birthday on a show day before, I don't think. So anyway, it's just interesting that your birthday and my birthday were both on show days. Because <laughs> we're cool. We're cool. All right. Well, anyway, thank you, Scott, for getting us on the air. And thank you guys for listening. Um, hug a dog or a cat or a walrus or a, like, you know, whatever's around in honor of Betty. And uh, <laughs> I probably will post those quotes, at least some of them, on my Facebook page if you want to grab one of them. And uh, that's it. So you guys have a good weekend. Um, my son is going to the formal this weekend. It's the first time I've seen him in a tuxedo. Aww. So I'll be over here either drinking or crying or both. <laughs> <laughs> so send me some good juju. I need good mom juju. It's a, uh, oh, he's 18 now. Did I tell you guys that? He turned 18 in December. So I have a full ass, grown ass, pain in the ass son. <laughs> <laughs> who exhausts me but I love him obviously so anyway yeah I have a big thing happening this weekend so that's what I'll be doing but I'll also be over on one to listen if you want a reading I for some reason email-based readings have been very popular lately so um, if you want an email-based report I enjoy doing them because I have a little more time to find the words and the all the info and I write it up and send it over. So if you want a tarot reading or astrology reading, either look for my profile over on one to listen or message me and I'll point you in that direction. But um, astrology outlooks or tarot really at this time of year, you know, to see kind of what might be coming or kind of fun. So I could do that. Um, you guys know where to find me. I should be online most of the weekend um, in between crying and drinking about my son in a tuxedo, blah, blah, blah. But uh <laughs> Have fun, Cliffy. Yeah. Oh, he's so grown up. It's weird. <laughs> so anyway. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. And uh, that's all. I need an exit line. I'm I'm I need like a tagline, an exit line. We gotta work on that. Other than okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye guys. Thanks.